Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Broken Nigeria. Uh, uh, I like to, first and foremost, I just want, want to thank every single listener out there who has taken the time out to listen to this episode. I, I really can't, I know I keep thanking listeners, but to be honest with you, I really can't thank you guys enough. Uh, this is, it's been a, a, a privilege doing this on a weekly basis. I also want to thank uh, those who sent some sort of feedback. You know, uh, I know there's currently a call for me to sort of be go a bit light on on the way I present uh, the issues currently facing Nigeria. But I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it, it is it is actually quite tough doing that because well as nigerian living in nigeria man it's 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 tough going to be it's tough actually going lights on the issues uh, it's tough seeing a, a seeing some sort of humor in what's going on in nigeria because lo, lo and behold hey i'm living in that reality i'm living in in the land that has all these problems i'm living in a land that is crying out not just for good governance i think we we, we need more than good governance we need great governance we need great leadership right now good really won't cut it out it, it really won't um cause it cause it for us it, it, that won't be enough for the issues we're facing right now and i mean with the stories I'm about to present, or with the issues I'm about to present, I think you would sort of understand why from most of the issues I'm about to talk about. So I'm just going to go straight into the first, um, <laughs> what I call it, te- what I call it headline or to- topic. I, I would, I'll go into the first story. Or, uh, so this week being um, the week that started with the uh, 23rd of November 2020. Uh, Lai Mohammed, the Minister for for Information, even though I usually, I'm going to be, I'm, going, I'm, I'm actually going to be a bit unprofessional right now and say, say that you know, over here we actually see him as the Minister of Misinformation, and uh, and bear with me, I, I will tell you why. So, Lai Mohammed, the Minister of Information, recently described the CNN reports on the Lekki shootings as a report that can set, set the country, that will set the country on fire. <sighs> Everyone, we we all know the. We, I think we, by now the whole world has seen the uh, CNN r- reports on the Lekki shootings. As much as they will want to call it a Lekki massacre, or people will want to call it also names. I, I know what a massacre looks like. I know what uh, a genocide looks like. I mean, I, I think I'm educated enough to understand what what it is, but I will just call it shooting. I will call it. Lekki shootings. We've all seen the reports. I mean, some of us here, like myself, heard the gunshots. You know, some some of us, like myself, got to see you know streams and videos of what was going on. 
some of us ended up you know being able to see you know the the rubbles and the and the aftermath of the shootings and it's um yeah it's crazy it's crazy but i'll i'll say something though and this is to to the minister himself i don't feel that report is what will set the country on fire and i think he's really he has really gone and exaggerated in sort of being melodramatic about it what will actually set the country on fire is the sort of bad leadership he and his colleagues have been given this country for i mean i'm not even i'm not even going to talk about decades of bad leadership but i'm going to i'm going to you know be more specific when it comes to the buhari administration which came in in 2015 on riding on on the uh, mantra of change riding riding on on the uh, coattails of uh, of uh, doing things the right way and doing things differently and you know ending corruption and fighting corruption and bringing security to the country at the end of the day they, they haven't done any of this what will set the country ablaze is the actions of he and his colleagues so since buhari since president buhari came into power he has had one of the worst the worst administrations i have seen in my lifetime in my lifetime as a nigerian i mean i've i've seen a couple of heads of states i've seen a couple of presidents he has had the worst youth we, we thought president jonathan's period was the worst it what it actually was compared to that of, of President Buhari. It's 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 been a period of a lack of ideas, a lack of uh, knowledge on what to do. No one seems to. It's I don't I don't think it's a case of that. And I say this with all due respect. You know I, I don't think what is going on with the gov- governments is the fact that they don't they don't know what to do. But the problem is what is in their own interests what is in their own personal interests doesn't uh it, it doesn't coincide with with the interests of the masses under Buhari's regime we have seen so much corruption so much uh so much institutional corruption so much institutional looting when i say institutional looting they have used the constitution to, to create a sort of a kleptocracy whereby they increase their salary. So, hey, we're not going to steal, but we're going to increase our salaries and feed, our, feed ourselves fat. The government spending has more than tripled under under the regime of President Buhari, I'll call it a regime because to be honest with you, with you, we, we, our country has pretty much slipped into a dictatorship. A dictatorship whereby, a po- I myself re- releasing a podcast like this, I most likely I don't know maybe in a couple of weeks have the police or the SSS knock on my door if they could find my if they can find my door. I actually don't doubt they can. I actually don't count doubt they can. I mean, they can find one person, but they can't find. Um, what 200 300 Chibok girls that got kidnapped years ago how 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 weird that is anyway 
reason podcasts like this, I could end up having the SSS knocking on my door and asking and arresting me. And if they don't see and if they don't see me, they most likely arrest anybody they see. And or rather kidnap anyone they see because really and truly <laughs> let's call it what it is, you know, and have and have them held and sort of forcing me into revealing myself. You think maybe you know that's what um, you think I'm exaggerating, or you know I'm just telling stories. It has happened in the past. It's happened in situations of the poets who wrote a poem, or rather a work of art against the president, which he really it was rude, but then he did express himself and. The police, under allegedly, allegedly under the direction of the of the minister of information, the same Lai Mohammed, went looking for this guy, arrested his, members of his family, tortured them, hoping that he will reveal himself, reveal himself, and hand himself over. I I I've, I stopped following the story for a while. I think one of after two of the family members got released and they gave their and they gave, gave their accounts and all. But I hope, you know, they've all been released. This is the same government that continuously flouts, you know, the court orders and arrests people at will. Isn't that enough to set the country on fire? Okay, that, maybe that's not enough. Okay, you know what, let me, let me, let me give you more. The country, poverty, the rate of poverty in the country has increased under this government. Hence, why we have uh, an increase in, in rate of crime, an increase in the in the rates of uh, shooting, and you know there are more people joining militant militants and um, factions like like the book like the Boko Haram, for instance. You know they're winning more people over because, to be honest with you, everyone's just tired about the way the government, the country is being run at the moment. Just that you know, should you say, oh, Pres- President Buhari should step down, the politicians, the and the traditional leaders would say would come up and would raise arms and say, hey, now the South is telling Northerners to step down. And that's the problem, one of the problems we're facing right now. The country has been so divided over ethnic lines. And people like like Lai Mohammed, the Minister of Information, or rather, should I just call, it, call him what he, he actually is, which is a Minister of Misinformation, because so many people need to understand that this is the same man who has given so much, so much false information in the past, and trust me, I can I can give you so many instances. Should we start with with, um, with the one time, the first time the president got ill and he couldn't even tell us the truth the truth about it? You know, this is a man that is giving so much false information. You know, in the past, and you're telling me that you know, uh, and you're telling me that you know the CNN reports will set the country on fire. He and his colleagues, I'll repeat again, they are the ones who set the country on fire because this is the same person who has, in the past, 
trying to divide infrastructure. Not tried. He has. He and his colleagues have divided Nigeria down ethnic lines because he will call for. He will either call for a northerner or or a Yoruba a Yoruba leader or what have you. He has done that so many times in the past, especially as a, a, the spokesman of the APC. It's it's. And you're saying the CNN reports will divide, will set the country on fire. The country, lo and behold, that's that's. Let me just be very blunt here. The country is already on fire. Just that you know, if not, if not on fire, the other one, they are currently striking the match. You know, right now they're just you know testing out the match. You know, all right, you know what? Maybe, 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 you know. Even though they, they, well, I mean, they, they they actually they earn quite a lot of money, so maybe match matches might be too, you know, matchbox might be too cheap for them. Let's 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 try like I don't know what's the most expensive thing to use to start a fire these days. I know, a gas lighter or something. <laughs> That's the reality of, thing, of things. You know, he's saying the CNN report will set the country on fire. Country is already a fire, but we just we we're just don't we just don't re- realize it's it's burning and we're feeling the heat every day. It's begging for a leader or rather leaders to come in and just douse out the fa- flame, you know, to pour water on the flame flames and just you know extinguish them. Because the truth truth you know and the saddest thing about it is that even when those leaders come even when that group comes or that leader comes the people might not be ready for them that's the thing the country isn't that is that bad that we might not even recognize a great leader when we see them or should they come into power they will get frustrated and you know pushed out or just never get elected because the people are not enlightened enough the average nigerian isn't enlightened enough to know who's a good leader like mohammed and his mates they have messed this country up to the point that i'm asking myself sometimes i ask myself is there any way back is there any possible hope of redemption honestly I, I personally do not I don't don't know and I think maybe the events of the coming years would would um, would tell but honestly I, I I can't wait to see the end of Lai Mohammed the the Buhari administration and what have you but for someone who supported Buhari coming into power I have been absolutely disappointed and I regret and I'm going to say this I regret ever hoping or wishing that he take power because this has it's it's been it's excuse my use of words but it's been a shit show amateur hour amateur error Amateurs do better than this.
So, um, on to another segment. Oh, man, my apologies for our last segment. I, I know, I, I know it's, um, when you're talking about Nigeria's problems, like, you really just need to let it out and not hold back. You do need to also, I won't say not hold back, but you do need to, you do need to um, show some sort of restraint so you don't use some really bad languages. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't just go, like I, I said in, in the introduction, you can't just go light on Nigerian problems. It's, it's not that, it's not that easy to see the humor and things, especially when you're living in, in the reality of what is, what is, what is a failed Nigeria because really and truly we, we are in a field Nigeria is actually a failed state, state so let me just call it what it is we're actually in a failed state right now but um, so what happened like, in this failed state well the governments have finally come out to say what, what, what most of us already knew uh, and that is that they've announced that Nigeria are once again in a recession being that once uh, what we have experienced a decrease or rather no growth in the second in the second uh, straight quarter in our gdp i'm just going to go straight into my analysis uh, first and foremost nigeria has been been in a recession for a long time <laughs> when i say long time since 2015 that the buhari government came came into power the buhari regime came into power we have been in a recession. We never got out of that recession. The only difference between then and now is that we've gone deeper into the recession. We never left. We, we, never, got, we never did got out, get out of it. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand you know, what you guys are saying. You know, the government so many times back then, uh, especially the former minister of, uh, of finance, um, Kemi Adeoshu, I'm, I'm, I was so happy when she when she when she got uh, kicked out because she ran into an issue. Her incompetence, I, her incompetence was brighter than the sun. Uh, but the, she kept announcing back then, oh, we're out of recession. Okay, no, no, we're not really out of recession. Okay, now we're out of recession. Oh, no, no, no. You know your typical uh, amateur our sort of thing. Uh, it's, it was. Even thinking about her right now actually gives me a bit of a headache. But we never got out of recession. We were always in the recession. We just got into, gotten deeper into recession. Uh, the reason why it now affects us even more, more is due to the COVID-19 COVID and the fact that the rest of the world is in the recession. So there's like literally nowhere to run, nowhere to hide for us. Uh, the government has come out to say why, sorry, say how they intend to get out of this, this recession. I have uh, saying that, well, the World Bank say we'll be out of it most likely fourth quarter next year. The government is saying first quarter next year. <laughs> no offense, but I'm, I'm most likely next year being 2021. Here's my own prediction. I feel if we're, I don't think we're going to get out of recession while in the Buhari regime. We're just maybe going to experience some sort of growth by fourth quarter uh, next year, 2021, or or you know even first quarter 
no rather second quarter 2022 i do not this is saying from a guy who has seen things in this government and does and realizes that one is better off i know jumping off a building than having when i say a building let me be more specific more jumping but you you you'd have better chances surviving jumping off a 32-story building than having any faith in this government because I, i'll be honest with you it, i have a zero faith in them i from their performance based on their performance no i wouldn't hold my breath because i, I would most likely suffocate honestly speaking there it, it's it's um it's terrible and, and to real and when listening to how they intend to get out of the recession i'm just like <sighs> okay wow wonderful <laughs> uh it, it's a, it also you know it explains why i said i you know you're better off jumping off a 32 story building than having faith in the government because if you haven't heard how they're going to how they intend on getting out of it please go you know go google it you know read the the papers or what have you and it's you just i'm not an an economist um but just my basic knowledge in economics economics uh, i'm like okay right it, it, it leaves a lot to, to desire to be honest to be honest with you because the truth is the government have real have not shown that they really understand why what our economy is based on when the country goes into recession your the private spending it means the private spending can no longer drive the economy pretty much in a nutshell that's what it means private spending can no longer drive the economy it's not a matter of public spending it's a matter of private spending spending and the government have not understood that that they need to put money in the hands of the people they need to find a way to create a conducive uh, environment for businesses to thrive they need to to, you know look at okay how what can we do to make businesses thrive to increase private spending to increase you know um spending amongst the popula- population and decrease our own spending when i say decrease our their own spending in terms of not a matter of amassing wealth but but also reducing how much they're taking out of the pockets of of the citizens right now we're using what what we we've gone and gotten so so much debt that we're using about 90 percent of of the country's revenue to service service debt and that's the thing we don't even know if we're paying back the debt or we're just using it or we're just paying for the servicing fees it's a mess honestly it's a it's a mess you might want to drink you might want to take a sip of water before i continue okay truth is if they really want to and this is just using my layman knowledge of economics you know like i said they need money needs to be in the hands of the population meaning that they these guys the government are going to have to decrease taxes because they have overburdened the population with taxes tariffs levies all sorts of things 
all in the in the in the idea of drive of driving the um, IGRs, the internally generated revenues, up. And to what aim at the end of the day? Because to be honest with you, all they've done is collect money from the people to pay themselves. That's why in the earlier segment I said we're up, we're, our government is currently operating a system of kleptocracy. They're taking money from the people and putting it in their pockets. They need to reduce their recurring expenditure, aka their salaries, their salaries, and um, what what they call those things these days, allowances. Let me just use the word allowances, even though they actually have their own name, you know, of calling it. I mean, starting from the, the, the members of legislatures who, till today, we do not know the you know the, the, what the actual salary of our legislators are. It's unbelievable. Like we we, we don't know how much they're actually earning. If you go to countries like America, America, you know, you can actually Google it and you will find out how much a senator earns, how much a member of the House of how much your congressman earns. You would actually see that Nigeria. No, it's it's becomes it becomes a uh, it's sort of like a very well kept secret that we've been trying to find out for the past I know decades now since the inception of our democracy. We have of this current democracy. We have we we have we don't know we don't know we don't even know how much the president really earns. When you hear the amount of money being budgeted for for the executive arms of governments, when I say the, the president, the governors, you'll be like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> okay, seriously, a lot to get Nigeria out of this recession. A lot of bold moves will be will have to be made." And the truth is, I, I, I very much doubt, this is why I'm going to conclude this segment, a lot of bold moves will have to be made, a lot of sacrifices will have to be made on the part of the government. But the truth is, like I said, I will not hold my breath because as their actions in the past have shown, they would rather watch Nigerians suffer and... I know till when, whenever their time it, it is, it's their time to leave. You know that actually do something to alleviate the suffering of Nigerians. The president himself has shown that he has no idea what Nigerians are going through. The our leaders, the, those that we let's put those that are meant to represent us in the government, have shown have turned a blind eye to, to our suffering. So please do not hold your breath because, like I said, you're better off. You you had better chances surviving a drop from a 30-story building, 32-story building. Let's add two more stories to that. Than these guys doing what needs to be done to get us out of this. We'll go on a break. I will. We'll go to the next segment.
welcome back so i uh, actually initially wanted to um wanted to end and this episode of broken interior in a different way but uh, i actually saw something or rather so a picture certain picture was actually brought to my attention and i just thought okay i, I would be doing a huge disservice if i if i decide to actually ignore that picture it was actually a picture of um center dino menlai most of you from the from kogi states you know uh he was distributing according to him in, uh, in the uh, tweets he was saying uh, he's giving distributing goodies to his people <sighs> i i've always had a thing against ch- charity here's why before anyone decides to i know throw some sort of molotov cocktail at me or something but here's why i think charity throwing charity is like throwing money on a problem there's so many reasons why people do charities in dinner melias case he is pretty much doing charity because it's his way of gaining so people the support of the people the support of his people he and his colleagues have weaponized poverty to a point whereby people now pretty much stretch their their arms out to beg for crumbs crumbs that are, that that fall off his table he puts into a sack and gives them in in the guise of oh i'm do i'm Pitying you guys, I'm doing this out of my goodwill and what have you. I'm, I'm sorry, no offense, and I'm going to say this: he's not doing this out of his goodwill. He's doing this intentionally. It's the result of actions that of uh, meditated actions that he and his people have t- taken over the years. Yes, people don't need charity. The real issue, the real uh, problem, is actually not just. Uh, fiscal, fiscal poverty, like I said, monetary poverty as you know, money and stuff is also down to mental poverty. Poverty, and the way one of the ways of combating poverty is through education and and creating opportunities. His people have continued. He and his colleagues have continued to deny the population access. The majority of the population access to to good quality education when i say good quality education i mean good quality education and, and have continued to, to deny their people opportunities besides if you don't have the the education you will not be able to make full advantage take full advantage of opportunities given not to mention the fact that opportunities are con- are being held <clears throat> rather being kept held or kept by the politicians themselves they use it to uh, sort of gain support say hey i i i'm the one who's going to call the shots on who gets who gets so 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 amount of jobs so guess what they give it to, to their people in return for for support it's, it's their way of empowering honestly i i i i really history and i'm going to I'm, I'm trying to really restrain myself you know because these sort of things 
they really they really do get to me the truth is history is going to be very 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 unkind to these politicians and i don't think they they care much the truth is at the end of the day they this is not the way things are meant to be ideally it's not the way things are meant to be done jobs should not be in the hands of the politicians who gets what job should not be in the hand of politicians who gets into the civil service should not be in the hand of politicians governments in a proper well-running advanced society the government should not be should not be the highest employers of labor labor here in nigeria the government continues to frustrate the private sector so that's the jobs the bulk of the jobs or job opportunities rather in the country continue to lie with the public sector sector and therefore in their power employment is then put in their power so it's a case of hey do you support me if you support me i implore you i don't know if you see i don't know as a listener if you see where this is where this is going or where how this is a really bad thing in the end these politicians are not going to change they're not going to change their ways it's something that has been practiced since as far as i can remember the 80s i'm not that i i think come to consciousness in the 80s more like in the 90s but it's something i've always been told has been practiced right from the from the 80s i saw it myself in in the 90s all the way down to what the 2000s 2010s we're in 2020 now it's still being practiced till this very day and how far has it taken this country country how far has it actually taken nigeria ah no, it's not taking us anywhere to be honest with you and that's the reason why we continue to to uh, re- regress we, we we continue to take one step forward and 10 steps back and like I said, these, these politicians, they're not going to change their ways because this is what works for them. This is what keeps them in power. What we now have to do, and here's me now jumping into another thing. What we now have to do is actually find a way to get into the system as youth, as people who are enlightened, find a way to get into the, into the system. We need to come we really need to come together and make some sacrifices i remember i said this in earlier episodes that look at the end of the day sacrifices are going to have to be made if we're going to turn things around in this country the truth is we we cannot continue to run away from nigeria to other countries where we end up getting treated as second-class citizens well we are actually second-class citizens in their country but then we we run away from our own country where we're meant to be first class citizens and we still get treated by, by second class citizens but we do have the rights you know as citizens as people as nigerians to enjoy our own country you do not see people from i i can't remember seeing a singaporean who left singapore willingly to go I know, let me say, migrated from Singapore to go settle in our country. Why? Because over there, the, the, the citizens have ensured that the government, the government make life comfortable for them. So you're not going to see them hightailing or running out of the country seeking greener pastures. As far as I'm concerned, here in Nigeria, the soil is 
is good enough to have greener pastures. I think anyone listening to this will understand why, what I mean by that. We have so many resources. One of our greatest resources are human resources, and we're taking that away. I'm sorry, but I remember living abroad, and I continuously did not understand why I why I'm. It's one of the reasons why I returned back. I actually returned back to Nigeria. I did not understand why I was being treated the way why I'm living in another man's country and being treated the way I'm being treated when I have my own country. It's not like there was a war in Nigeria going on and I was some sort of refugee or something. You know, it's one of the reasons why I returned returned because I was like, look, I need to make it in my own country. You know, and it's going to take a lot of sacrifices. Let us ask ourselves a question. What are we, especially those who are in the upper middle class, middle class, upper middle class, and upper class? What life would we prefer? You know, to be driving our Mercedes G wagons, and this is me speaking metaphorically, to be living big mansions, living in exquisite mansions, and what have you, driving our G wagons. While, while the rest of the population live in squalor and we're going to end up spending money on security we're going to end up keeping uh, you know having eyes behind our backs being afraid of being robbed and, and attacked we're, we're we're going to be afraid of our own stuff turning on us because they're they're so so hungry or what have you what's the point of living that sort of life when we can make some financial and personal sacrifices and try and empower people around us you know empower people around us to live comfortably i would rather live a comfortable life than a life in a comfortable life and have everyone else and ensure everyone else around me lives a comfortable life rather than living a life of uh, of of luxury and every and people around me live in squalor I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm making any sen- sense here, or something. Uh, if I'm making sense, just nod. You know, just, just nod. You know, quick nod. You know, it's, 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 it's down to us because, I, like I said, these politicians, they're not going to change anything. <laughs> it works for, it works for them. That's why. That's the reason why you see them moving around with so, so many p- police vehicles. Uh, you know police escorts and what have you because they know what they're doing to the people if left on open ground with no security most of them will get attacked and robbed most of their houses will get burnt what we saw in the NSAS during the NSAS protest was a case of a biblical case of the the seven cow the seven thin cows eating the seven fat cows we, I, I'm going to put myself in that class. I, I hate the class, the whole class system, but I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to live in reality. Reality. We middle, upper, um, upper middle, upper class people. We saw what we did during the Edsons protests. Organized, peaceful. Organized, peaceful. You know, we got, we, we got, we got things done the right way. But then we, then it got hijacked by lower, by lower class people. And I hate to call them lower class, but it's just the truth. 
you know they are the average nigerians who live in who live in shanties who live in in a bedroom meant for one person but hey they're living with 10 people in this having to share the room meant for one person you know with 10 people you know people who don't even have access to proper sanitary you know I'm just like when you see when you see such things you you just wonder how how can these people even think normally we saw what happened you know they got bribed they got you know some of them got paid and what have you to hijack the protest and they hijacked the protest for a little fee they hijacked the protest and turned it violent we need to ask ourselves what can we do for these people it's 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 different you know you're going on it's one thing you're, you're going on instagram you know showing your flashy life or or vacation here vacation there oh i'm chilling in this place and chilling in that place i'm talking to you know my fellow you know fellow people right here you know fellow youth who are privileged what are we doing for these people so these they too can enjoy so when we're talking to them they can they can respond so when we're when we're talking to them they understand you know they understand what we're saying we're speaking on the same level what are we doing to create a level playing field for for them too because at the end of the day they're not competition they're people they're our partners in this movement for a better nigeria for a better tomorrow you know what are we doing at the end of the day there's you know there's so much we can do you know as individuals as a group we can do more and that brings me to another thing i'm going to say and i'm going to say this and try and end uh end this episode on episode on this in the end it will be a huge shame because at the end of the the day these politicians have shown that look they can't lead our country they really can't lead it we can't really allow these politicians to continue to lead this country and that's just the truth and we what upper middle class people you know middle class whatever class you want to call it i really hate you know mentioning these classes but we we have shown what we can actually do with the NSAS protests we show we have shown what we can actually do question now is what are we going to do next obviously they're not going to let us protest again because like the what they call it, the, the uh, inspector general of police police recently said that he's never going to allow another protest happen like the NSAS protest happen again again we're just showing that you know what our democracy has pretty much gone out of the window we're in a full-fledged dictatorship so what are we going to do to get these people out of power now as long as as far as i'm concerned the organizers of the NSAS protests need to st- come together form one or two political parties one or two political parties and put forward candidates for the next general elections in 2023 what would be sad is after all that pavement pounding after all all that uh, all that bloodshed they're not even able to put together one political party to bring candidates forward for the next election that will be really really sad that would be really sad because that would just show that you know 
it's a matter of all bark and no bites zero bites or zero attempts to even bite at all really we we need as youth we need to start thinking a bit deeper and, and start making you know forward movement not not this you know continue we're just talking and being uh like a thumb you know thumb happy having itchy thumbs and going on social media to say this and say that no no what action are we going to take and now is now is the right time for this now is the right time for this action because to be honest with you we can we can keep asking oh for uk or us to you know do to sanction you know play sanctions against our leaders or politicians that's not going to change anything at all I, I i doubt they're even going to put any sanctions we need to stop looking for a foreign savior and start looking for that savior within ourselves we're all you know we all have the power to save this country we inside the country you know fa- facing parts of the reality i say part of the reality because there are people <laughs> who we are quite privileged compared to people who are facing the full reality of this country we are the ones who can actually save it from within what are we going to do about it what are we doing next I look forward to seeing it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I I I end another episode of Broken Nigeria. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Good morning, good evening, and God bless you all. <laughs>